going back on the road no more. And you ain't playing in them old two-bits, easy die. You're living with me now. And not gonna go sliding around with your old white people and friends. The Blues Brothers? Shit. They still owe you money, fool. Woman. You better sing, sing. Sing about what's trying to do to me.
What a brother no once again back is the incredible rhyme animal, the uncannibal D public enemy number one, five folks and freeze, and I got young, can I tell never really never had a gun, but it's the wax that determined the X one. Now they got me in a cell, put my records they sell. Cause a brother like me said, well, fair cover problem, and I think you wanna listen to what it can say to you. What you wanna do is follow for now. Hell what the people say, make a miracle, Back all in, we're gonna win, check it out Yeah, y'all, come on Here we go again So dope, listen for lessons, I'm saying it's our music that the critics are blasting me for. They'll never care for the brothers and sisters why cross the country has a up for the war. We got to get them straight, come on now, they're gonna have to wait till, till we, we get, get it right. right. Radio stations, I question their blackness, they call us a black, but we'll see if they'll play this. Turn it up! Bring the noise! The crowd runs to me, my DJ is warm, he's ex, I call him Norm, you know He can cut a record from side to side, so with the ride, the glide To be much safer than a suicide Soul control, beat is the father of your rock and roll Music for what, for which, and you call a bad man Making the music, a music, but you can't do it, you know You call them demos, but we ride demos too What you gonna do, rappers not afraid of you Beat us for Sonny Bono, beat us for your water One DMC for city, DJ couldn't be a bad Stand on his own feet, get you out your seat Beat us for Eric B and LL as well, hell Wax is for Anthrax, still like your rock bells Ever forever, universal and will sell Time for me to exit, terminate until 1932. <laughs> Mr. Williams, name Jesse See, he got shot here on Colton Street. And after getting shot, I taken him home. Since he was sick about three weeks after I taken him home. Sick from the shot. And so he gave me this request. And then he wanted me to play this over his grave. That I did. 
See, I had to steal music from every which way to get it, to get, to get it to fit. But I, I messed it up anyway, somehow or other, just to suit him. I finally played what he wanted, but he got everything he wanted but the women from Atlanta. He didn't get the women from Atlanta. Because he was too far for him to come. He's buried in New York. I take him there in the ambulance. Cost me 200, I think it was 282 dollars, I think it was 85 cents, I think. The man charged me from Terry taking him home. But he was able. His father gave him anything he wanted. Give him everything he wanted but the women in Atlanta. He didn't have the 16 women, the 22 women out the Hamilton Hotel. He didn't have that. He didn't have the 29 out of North Atlanta. And he didn't have 26 off South Bell. That was my called Hill Street. That's where he hung out at, you know, during his, during his women loving time. After getting shot, I carried him home. I sit by the bedside every day and he would tell me what he wanted. I would tell his dad. So after he died, his daddy said, well, everything he wanted, we'll get. So he got everything about it, but the women from Atlanta. So I had to play the dying crap. That's what I was
was a little boy, was a little boy, and the devil called my name, was a little boy, and I say, who do, who do you think you're fooling, I'm a consecrated boy, was a little boy, singer in a Sunday choir, my mama loves me, she loves me, she get down on her knees and hug me, she loves me like a rock. She rocked me like the rock of ages and loved me. She loved me, loved me, loved me. When I was grown to be a man, and the devil called my name. Well, I say, who do? Who do you think you're fooling? I'm a consummated man. And I can snatch it up pure and My mama loves me. She loves me. Get down on her knees. She rocked me like the rock of ages and loved me, loved me, loved me, loved me. If I was the president, the minute Congress called my name, I say, who do, who do you think you're fooling? I'm a presidential seal, I'm up on the presidential podium. My mama loves me, she loves me, she get down on me. She rocked me like the rock of ages and love me. Love me, love me, love me. Love me, love me, love me, love me. 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 Sherlock, that's the truth. Elementary Dr. Watson. You are amazing, Mr. Holmes. No detective stands a chance. Well, how about the Philo Vance? He's a good man, Dr. Watson. And the jurist, Mr. Holmes. When they have a crime wave and the papers all rave and they're hollering for a showdown. Inspector, can you see if you gotta have me? Quick, quick, Sherlock. The lowdown. Cops can't even solve a crime. Bound to miss it every time. Ain't it awful, Dr. Watson? Simply lousy, Mr. Holmes.
now when policemen have a case where they raid some gambling place. How they muffet Dr. Watts, what's the reason, Mr. Holmes? By the time the cops catch on, all the evidence is gone. Must be dumb as Dr. Watts, they're morons, Mr. Holmes. While they're looking around, not a thing to be found, and the gambling rooms are lobbies. And the rattle of dice is to take a bite. Look at a circle like a duck the bobbies. Why, Inspector, how to do? Sherlock, I'll be seeing you. Now, where you going, Dr. Watson? Up China, Mr.
someday
to be a little heavy. Say I weighed about 184. But you know, I've become quite slim just recently, and I don't have that problem anymore. So if you wanna lose weight too, here's all you gotta do.
Yes, there's Max Kevin Bounce O'Rooney with his trumpet there. Flow Lab, Black Blast, Mutiny Radio, FM. Thanks for listening. Help us out with money through the website. We could use it.
be three, four weeks, and you haven't actually been able to listen to us as well due to the fact that we've had some mechanical difficulties and uh, things sounded rather kind of funny. So anyhow, uh, we're here at the Mutiny Radio in the heart of the mission. Thank you for being here on Racers Alley, and uh, a lot of things have been happening over the past month, you know, got a bunch of racing going on, and... Uh, Boy, there's been a lot of rides. Uh, I think the Curve Unit had a ride. The Dames Don't Care had a ride. The Women's Royal Ratty had a ride. You know, so it's a, it's a lot of neat stuff going on. And uh, basically, uh, well, uh, we'll go over that tonight. I'm kind of uh, right now winging it. So give me one second while I actually put on some music and be right back. Here. You see how Lucky threw a menu on the floor? <laughs> he, did, he did not want to eat. Get this yeah. off. Chicken fingers. What kind of fucking menu is this? Uh, this is my joint. We don't do chicken fingers. <laughs> Hi, cool. Can I get you an appetizer combo? What the fuck is that? Oh, that's uh, chicken fingers and uh, egg rolls with uh, popcorn shrimp. Yes. So now Lucky's like, what's the idea not paying off last week? He's like, well, I w- warned you about that raid. I thought we'd be square. And he goes, no, 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 no. Pay me. Oh, there he goes. I got to pay. Oh, you talking about the raid at the beginning of the film? I don't know. I don't think so because that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Well, no, there's my. Oh, look, I'm out behind. Oh. Look at you. You leave my sister alone. May? May I? Oh, May? yeah. It's too late. I love I your mom. All right, you. Yes, boss. All righty, welcome back to Racers Alley. Anyhow, uh, yeah, it's Alex here, and thank you for joining us here at Meany Radio again, uh, Racers Alley here in the heart of the mission. And uh, boy, oh boy, like I said, it's been three weeks since you heard from us all. And uh, let me push the record button here so it'll actually go on live. Uh, Bam. So I think we're recording and we're live now. So at 6.03, welcome to Racers Alley here at the heart of Meany Radio. Anyways, um, Boy, like I said earlier, we had a lot of rides going on with a bunch of uh, organizations over the past weekend. You got the Dames Don't Care running, the uh, Women's World Rowdy Riders, and uh, I think the Curve Unit Girls as well. Uh, tonight we're going to have actually um, the machine uh, is going to be here and uh, tell us about some stories about riding and such. And uh, got Milk Great Brian back, and he's going to be spinning some tunes. And uh, Wade Boyd, uh, Subculture Racing, will be in and uh, discuss actually uh, exciting news about uh, his other half, Christine, who's also a world renowned racer on a sidecar. Uh, she's opening a new restaurant here in the Lower Hate called Berliner Berliner. So it'd be great to listen and hear about that as well. So uh, give me a few minutes here. And uh, we'll get some music on, get our stuff together, and be back shortly. Right? <laughs> Will this work? We'll see. It worked. Cheers.
are, yeah. Welcome to Racer's Alley. And, uh, you know, uh, I've been told now we got to have a little break in between music and let you all know that we're still here, especially since we've been off for a month. So, anyways, welcome to Racer's Alley here at Meeting Radio in the heart of the mission. And we got Milk Creek Brian, uh, Subculture Wade here tonight. Uh, and uh, uh, the machine's going to be coming in, giving us a bunch of tales about uh, motorcycles and such. It'll be a fun time. So, anyhow, uh, we'll be right back shortly. Uh, we're just getting the show starting together and uh, chilling out before we uh, go on proper. So, uh, Milk Crate, let's bring on some tunes. Yar, yar.
We're trying to start coming in at the five-minute mark or so every time because uh, I've heard from listeners that they don't know if we're still here or not. Welcome back to Racers Alley here at the Mutiny Radio on the Heart of the Mission. So anyways, uh, boy, oh boy, last weekend we had a great... Bunch of folks here, really. Uh, Women's World, Women's Riders World Relay. Say that five times fast. Uh, they came to the Bay Area. They met at Moto Guild over on Treasure Island. If the folks don't know about Moto Guild, it's a great place to Moto Guild. It's a great place to actually uh, go and work on your bikes. They got folks there. They have uh, bins there and tools there and uh, tutorials. So if you ever need to work on your own bike and don't have a space, Moto Guild's a place to do it. They're on 13th Street in Treasure Island, and they got a bunch of folks there. A bunch of areas where you can work on your bike and uh, tutorials as well, which is awesome. So anyways, the Women's Riders World Relay had a great, great time there. Uh, they showed up after the Dames Don't Care and a few other folks uh, welcomed them to the city. They had a ride through the city and they ended up uh, going to uh, Treasure Island in the end. So that was a very, very fun time. From there, from there they went down south. <laughs> Sorry, I said I was under the weather. Anyways, um, so anyhow, they went down south and had a great ride from what I hear. And uh, I believe Emily will be here next week, and she'll be able to give you a whole rundown on how the weekend went, which is really, really cool. So uh, Women's Riders World Relay. Hope you're still out there having a great time going to California and wherever your destination leads you. You are. All right. Well, um, like I said, give us a couple of seconds. We're getting our show together. Thank you for uh, joining uh, Racers Alley here at Meeting Radio. We've got Milk Crate Brian spinning tunes. We've got Wade Boyd uh, coming in talking about, uh, uh, well, uh, Berliner Berliner opening up here in the Lower Hate. So we'll uh, get back to you soon. Cheers. Sinking in a funny way 
as well get on the mics here and let's turn some mics on anyhow welcome back to racers alley here in the heart of the mission uh we have the machine coming in telling some tales and uh boy oh boy well we got milk cake brian and hello, uh hello. yar yar and uh wade boyd yar zoom 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 and uh boy yeah it's been a crazy few weeks uh like i said we've been off and such and uh in between then uh been a lot of uh, activities on motorcycling. Uh, again, Fun Track Days is out there. And uh, they did the Thunder Hill East on October 4th and uh, Thunder Hill West on September 8th. So, uh, Fun Track Days. Uh, boy, oh boy. They're, uh, actually, all the track days seem to be winding down. So, those boys are going to be out there on Thunder Hill West on October 26th and uh, November <laughs> November 11th in uh, Thunder Hill East. Uh, so, uh, Fun Track Days. Always uh, go see Augie and the boys. You can find them at www www.funtrackdays.com and uh, actually you know he's always said if you actually uh, mention Racers Alley he'll give you a discount so uh, if you're listening want to go to a track day get a little bit of cash off and uh, on the day themselves and uh, you know what's really neat about that that, that fun track days is uh, I was mentioning earlier today with a customer that came in over at Tokyo Moto and um, Basically, what's nice about the they got the instructors there. They got uh, you know like uh, one in five or such, and uh, they really pay attention to you as a rider. So if you come in and uh, you know they see you sitting there just rrr and feeling a little mopey, they'll actually come and talk to you and they'll go, hey man, what's up? And uh, they'll just go over what uh, what you did and try and figure out uh, where you're having a little uncomfortable issues and go out with you next time you're out personally. And uh, so that's really nice. So they really pay attention to the riders. They really try to help you out and make you feel good about being out there as well as overcoming you know any issues that uh, might make you feel uncomfortable going around the course so that's really really cool about Augie and the boys out there on fun track days and uh, you know uh, talking about that I believe Max Lyon will always be out there with uh, Oxymoron Photography uh, taking pictures because uh, he's really great at uh, out there at all the track days and races uh, getting all your portraits out there so you can always uh, visit Oxymoron Photography as well and get your pictures of your out there on them fun track days right so anyhow also about fun track days each time you go out on uh, the first practice session when you come in you kind of got a break right so what they have is actually they have a uh, kind of a, like a class decompression session or whatever but what's nice is they also kind of okay this is what you went through first time out you know go from there and then they'll go okay well next time let's talk about 
what's coming up. So they'll actually give you a little, uh, you know, insight at uh, the next, next school, what to pay attention to around the next turns and such. And each class they do tends to uh, get a little bit more on the skill set as you go on through the day. You get more skills. They kind of like, actually, you know, well, they give you a little instruction on, okay, this time look for this or trail break, that type of thing. So we'll have Augie here on actually probably next week or so, and uh, he'll actually be able to be a little more detailed as far as uh, what he does in the sessions in between the actual track days. But they're very, very economical. They have a couple of different uh, courses out there. And like I said, the year's winding down. So check them out, October 26th, November 11th, Thunder Hill West, and the 26th, Thunder Hill East on the 11th. And you might actually see me out there. So yar, yar. Anyhow, boy, oh boy, uh, machines in the town. How you doing, Alex? How Good you to doing, see mate? You Good to see you. We always hang out over our local pub vendors and, uh, you know, shoot the shit. And the other day we were talking about motorbikes. And, uh, boy, you have a history. <laughs> I do. I have not a history of motorbikes. I've got a history of being born in Peru the same as you, though. <laughs> that as well. We were just talking the other night about Machu Picchu and such. It's, uh, it's been a million years since I've been to Peru. And also, like I said, we have Wade Boyd here in town and, uh, well, Milk Great Brian. And uh, exciting news. Um, Boy, you know, uh, Christine's a subculture racer. She's been a, a sidecar uh, passenger for, boy, a long, long time. I think probably, what, 16, 17 years? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So uh, she's been uh, racing all over the uh, well, certain continents. and uh, International. Yeah, international, for sure. And uh, she's always worked at a place called Rosamond. And uh, everyone knows her near Toronado down in Lower Hay. And uh, exciting news is she bought the, the franchise location, yeah? Yeah, so she's got the, the place. It's now going to be called Berliner Berliner. And all of the neighborhood is totally behind her. And we're going to totally make it work. She's going to blow everybody's socks off on her great food, the sausages and the satin. She adds goodies and makes specials, and and she has secret German recipes. <laughs> yeah, it'll be great. I mean, um, everyone around is also very excited about that because, I mean, she's kind of family and um, also very modest because, you know, I mean, as far as being an international racer, you know, most people don't look, I don't know what does an international racer look like, but, you know, there she is serving your sausages every day in and out. uh, She's the little German girl behind there selling the German sausages, giving you the the great little experience and everything, and and she's been nice to everybody in the neighborhood, so everybody wants to see it happen. Is it is it is it working? And are you still open? Can we have another sausage? <laughs> yeah, it's a, like I said, you know. Um, yeah, everyone's really buying for her. It's finally, you know, it's great. You know, uh, finally she has her own business after slaving away for so many years. You know, doing other people's things like we all do, you know, regularly. Yeah, she so started at the bottom. True. I started even farther down than that. Can you, take, can you still take the sausages next door to Tornado? Yep. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. yeah the, yep. All yep. those yep. folks are very happy. It's uh, totally part of it. Yeah. It's, uh, Tornado is the, is basically their landlord, and so they're hand in hand. So it was their idea to um, with the owner and everybody in Tornado to create that little sausage place. We found out the other day it was a balloon store. What? Before that. There's no more balloon stores left, so she must have to sell balloons on the so, side yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to get some balloons one. and give them away or something. 
<laughs> a balloon store. Holy moly. That's like a button shop. You know, they're few and far between nowadays. Wow. That's neat. And uh, yeah, Tornado's out there. Molotov's uh, one of our sponsors here uh, at Racers Alley as well. And uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's, you know, uh, Mad Dog. There's a whole bunch of places around there. And um, you can also get stuff to go or even better, um, take it home and cook them. You know, there's, there's a there's an array of actual sausages. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm really I'm really glad to be getting uh, to have to have that on lower hate now because I just. Uh I'm not allowed into my local Vietnamese store anymore. So I went, I, I went, I went, I went in and I said, "Give me a fucking sandwich." And he, goes, he goes, "I gotta ban me." And he's like, "I was like, what? I'm not allowed back in again." He goes, "Yeah, I gotta ban me." We got some jokes going on. So Berliner, Berliner is the place to go now. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. Go. You got to come on the show, Pam Tastic's Comedy Club show on, on uh, Fridays or Saturdays and uh, start shooting out some lines there. Yeah, right on. Sheen's telling jokes. Yeah. And uh, talking about that, you know, um, it's so it's, it's, everyone's uh, totally, totally happy for Christine getting this, this gig and uh, she earned it, you know, uh, and it's a dream come true. And, uh, you know, vicariously with all of us as well, you know, it's, it's really, really great. Yeah. Hers, hers is actually a little, little longer and stuff. So uh, I don't want to say she ran away from home, but she all but ran away from home and, you know, she wanted to run off. She ran off to America to live an American dream. She's been here for a bunch of years. She she showed up knowing she says one word, and that was umbrella. Wow, <laughs> that's a hard that's a hard road. No kidding. <laughs> that, I did not know she had to learn English when she got here. That's funny because I left 30 years ago to go to Germany, and my the only words I knew was somebody told me just say when you when someone picks you up hitchhiking, just say ich bin doof. I was like okay, no problem. Didn't have any book with me. <laughs> I went, first guy stops to pick me up. I'm like, ich bin doof. And he just looked at me and drove off. I was like, well, that's a bit weird. So, so I go to, the, go to the gas station. I go, ich bin doof. And they're like, do you know what that means? I was like, no. He goes, it just means you're stupid. I'm like, bastard. That's a true story. No, no, I don't doubt it. I mean, yeah. You are. Uh, yeah, I'm a little afraid to say stuff because I, I always forgot what it meant. And it's like, uh, I don't want to say the wrong thing. So I'm bad at foreign languages. Yeah, well, I, I, I live, think I everyone in the world knows Americans are just not there for that, you know. Yeah, I lived in Germany for three and a half years and practicing my German was horrible. Like, I went to a bank and two, two of the best ones. I went in a bank and I basically was practicing German and I said, can I steal $100? Hundred D mark <laughs> back in the nineties, and they went and got the manager and the security and everything because I just walked up and said it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was I was the only one there, and I was really calm about it. And they got the security and everything. They're like, "What?" They started rabbit <laughs> raging at me. You spent some and, time for a second. And I just and I, all, I, all I was asking was to take out a hundred dollars. That's all I wanted. Oh, <laughs> but like, you acted sounded like give me give me your money. Yeah, give me your money. Give me a, give me a hundred dollars right now. Uh, Boy, it's yeah, always funny a, when those friends mislead you with the foreign language. I know. Totally. I was living in yeah. Denmark for two years, and uh, <laughs> I'd always get confused at the grocery store because after I'd pay for everything, the person behind the stand would say this thing to me that was something like "bulsa, bulsa," and I'd be all confused. I'd be like, "What the hell does this mean?" So I went home to my Danish friends and I said, oh, "Look, I'm at the grocery store. They keep saying this word bulsa. I don't know what the fuck it means." And they're like, "Oh, that just means if you want a bag." And I'm like, "Okay, so what do I say back?" They're like, "What you need to do is you need to say fisa." That means I've got it myself. 
And I'm like, okay, that's great. That's what I need. So I go through, 14-year-old girl at the checkout counter checks me out and goes, Bolsa? And I go, Fisa. And she looks at me like I'm crazy. And I just keep saying it, Fisa, Fisa. And then she leaves. And the manager comes and she says, get out of my store. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I take everything go and I go, hey, guys, I tried that FISA thing. They all start <laughs> laughing up. Apparently, FISA means pussy. Oh, so, <laughs> yar. Oh, which no. I can say because we're a, a internet radio. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, I had just propositioned this 14-year-old girl working at a checkout stand, which was... Luckily, luckily Pops didn't actually I, just uh, can you over the head with something. I, Holy I, moly. I, I, have to, I have to set the scene for you here. I'm living in Germany, again, practicing my German. My cousin came down from Sweden, and my girlfriend's landlady on a farm let him stay in the farmhouse for like two weeks. So after two weeks is gone, I'm working as a dishwasher up in, up in the Alps. And wow. after he's gone, I go on a stormy November night. It's, I have to walk up the stairs. There are barns below. Their main house is upstairs. I walk up with a bottle of wine and some flowers. Storming. It's like there's rain pouring down. And I knock on the door like... No answer. So I knock again. The door opens and the landlady is there. And I was like, Danke, dass Sie meine Cousin ausgenommen hast. And she, the look on her face was like, like, what the fuck? She slams the door. Her husband comes running to the door, Uh-oh. opens it up, and, I, and I, was, I hadn't pulled the, the, the flowers and the wine out yet. I pull them out, and he just goes mad at me, doesn't speak any English. And then I repeat it, and he just takes the flowers, slams the door, and I go back down to my girlfriend. And she goes, how did that go? I was like, oh, I went really badly. I don't they, do, they, don't, they don't like wine and flowers. And she asked me what I'd said. I got one letter wrong in that whole sentence. Instead of saying thank you for putting my my cousin up for the for the for the week, uh-huh. I said thank you for gutting my cousin with one one letter. Yeah, <laughs> for gutting. And, uh, they, they, and they didn't get it. <laughs> they were like, they, they were incensed. <laughs> she, had to, she had to go back and explain to them that he's Scottish. Yeah, exactly. And you know, as far as Scotsman's goes, I mean. Boy, I was a kid, and um, I was uh, managing a warehouse, uh, a furniture warehouse. This is back in the, you know, uh, early uh, late '80s, and uh, we got the Scotsman and uh, warehouse guy, you know, and no one could understand a word he said. And this is before, I, yeah. Now I have a kind of a good ear with with accents and stuff, you know. But uh, even at the aisle for a second, you know, it, it was neat to hear all the accents because I think the more you deal with them, the less you become, you know, non-understanding, you know. So yeah, this guy couldn't. I mean, no one could understand a word he said. Must have been from Port Glasgow. It's just really, really good. It's a very thick accent, and you know he gets so angry. I'm trying to tell you this, you know, and I go, I know you're trying to tell me this, but I can't understand a word you're saying. Because yeah. you rock, 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 rock. <laughs> what did he say? Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, you know, and he goes, can you write it down, you know? But uh, yeah, in the end, uh, uh, of course, we all understood each other, and he had, he did end up taking over my position, which was great. But uh, yeah, it's it's very interesting with cultures and accents. When I went to the aisle for the first time, you know, I'm sitting there, and it's like. You're American, huh? Yeah, you're from California, aren't you? You know, it was like they 
yeah how did you guess you know it's like yeah compared to everyone yeah everyone has a as, as, compared to here we don't we don't hear that always where in Europe that's a commonality where you're always going to hear you know that type of a, a change in, 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 in yeah. I guess inflection or whatever yeah so, so the reason I ended up in Germany in the first place is I'd just finished university I got my motorbike license I'd fucking ridden down to see my folks living with them working in a warehouse same as you got offered this amazing job with Motorola for assistant materials manager my mate was just about to sell me his GBZ 900 nice took me out on it I was on the back, 135 mile an hour up the up the motorway. I was like, "Fuck, this is the bike for me." <laughs> and he, he, he goes, "It goes, it goes 155." It was, an, I think, it was an 89 GBZ yeah. 900, like mm-hmm. with grey with the grey with purple and red racing stripe. So right. I'm just about to buy it off him, and I get this letter in the mail from a mate of mine I went to university with. 90 pages. The fucking stupid bastard had taken whatever he'd taken in Frankfurt, whatever drugs, had fucked his head up and made, written me a 90-page letter. It was like, I can't go home. You need to come and get me and bring me back to Scotland. And I'm like, you're fucking kidding me? I'm just about to start my career. <laughs> so, so he gave me the address of where he was. And I get to the I get to the ferry to go over. And I was like, "How the fuck am I going to get there?" He goes, "How much money you got?" I was like, "I'm just about to buy a motorbike. I've got f- seventeen hundred quid, and the bike's fifteen hundred. He goes, "All right, it won't cost you that much. Just get the ferry and come over and see me." Mm-hmm. So I get the ferry. I phone me folks up. Get over to uh, I get to Belgium, and I start hitchhiking. Right to I phone and then I phone them when I get there. To just over the on the ferry, and they're like, "Oh, he says he's not going to be there anymore. He's going to be in southeast Germany." I'm like, "What the fuck? He's not in Frankfurt. He's not in southwest. Southwest. He's in southeast." Hitchhiked down there to see him to save his ass. Went home 27 years later. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You just stayed. <laughs> I stayed. I stayed around. Though. I'm still here. I'm still out on my holidays. <laughs> well, it's funny how life takes the left and the right. You totally. Know? And, and, and it takes a certain type of a person to actually just follow that. Yeah. You but, know, uh, well, I didn't know it was me. You never know. You never know it was going to be you until it happened. <laughs> truly, truly, truly. You know, I mean, yeah. I was going to be a sailor uh, back in uh, 1987, I think, six, seven. Uh, I had money to buy a sailboat uh, from a, a pal, and I was going to live on it in Martinez and liverboard, save my rent, live on the boat. I always wanted to live on a sailboat, all that notion and stuff. And sure enough, it was going to happen. And uh, on a on a Saturday night, it's like my roommate Rick, who's an old, old pal of mine, and uh, he said, uh, uh, "Hey, man, you know." All of the mates got bikes, and I don't know how to. You want to come and test ride it for me? Before helmet launch it, so I went to Livermore, and uh, sure enough, to, you know it's a suburb world, but out there uh, still is. And uh, go on the bike, and uh, just a 83CB650. It had four pipes, very very neat chrome tank, neat looking, well chrome accents, and uh, and the tank as well. So it was, it was a limited edition in a sense. It was very as far as all those years of the bikes, and um, rode it around. RER came back and. Um, 
long dormant dragon woke up you know i was gonna buy a boat that friday right, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. so i was like you need to fill the tires up otherwise spikes cool i'll ride it home blah 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 so i'm riding and it's just like yeah back then there was i grew up without helmet loss and then nothing finer than riding a bike without a helmet uh, you, you know I, i've got two kids and the week that i bought my I was about to buy a, a Harley Sportster yeah. up on my street there 13 years ago and uh, the the 5.0 Mustang came up for sale the same week for yeah. 1200 bu- bucks and the <laughs> Harley was 3500 bucks. plus I had two kids that had to get to school every single morning and, and it's convertible yeah I still have that but uh, getting a bike's been out of my reach all the time I've ridden a load of them but I've still not owned one since the first one I got when I learned how to ride in 1989 Ow. I know <laughs> yeah I know yeah. I've been there though yeah, sometimes you just stop riding for a while for whatever reason. But, uh, yeah, so long story short, I ended up, instead of uh, buying the boat, that riding that CB uh, throughout the week, I, uh, in between stores that I had managed, uh, I went by Concord Yamaha, and it was just, like, walked in. And back then, there was, this, uh, yeah, probably uh, uh, they had the uh, FCR 600s, 1000s, had the FCR 400. So this was like the 87s, 80s. And uh, walked by, I wanted a cruiser. No, it didn't look right. I ended up buying a Yamaha Phaser. But I put down my cash, and it's like, you know, because they let you test ride it. And it goes, well, you need 500 bucks more. It's like, I'll be back at the end of the week. But there, there went my sailboat money. I mean, it's like my whole life could have been different on a sailboat. Out there. I could have been a proper pirate. In slow I'm saying. motion, <laughs> you would have been a proper pirate. Well, here you are, Mutiny Radio. Yeah, you're, half, you're halfway there. Right? Just, well, we've always been there with subculture. Actually, Wade's an admiral. He has a fleet of four boats, by the way. Someday I'll let you try one of my boats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he has. He's um, over in Brisbane. They got a bunch of kids, and uh, he made a uh, boy at least a dozen soapbox derby cars for that city. And you have to see the picture. Uh, maybe we'll get some on uh, Face of a Book Racers Alley. But they are all phenomenal. I mean, he, everyone was just so unique and cool. And uh, the kids got to go ride down this big ass hill in them soapbox derby cars. And uh, they came to more often as time went on. I was like, "Can I have a car for next year, Wade?" And he'd be sponsored random cars and stuff and uh, really neat yeah a couple of them it was the league of extraordinary racers yep we decided to go with that to make it big instead of really small and so i did three of nemo's vehicles he only he only had three vehicles i know anyhow he had two submarines and then he had the, the what i call the caddy with the four front wheels and so I made each of those and so that's why we named it the League of Extraordinary Racers and all the cars are trying to compete with looking as good as that Cadillac and all the kids were actually the more they they did it's like yeah, there are some kids who are really yeah. specially fast, and they can you make one for me? And it was a really neat endeavor for Brisbane to do that, uh, you know, for a while. Yeah. They have it every year, and um, so they'll sponsor you with the, with a kit. No cheating and changing the wheels and stuff, but here's the rules. They're kind of a guideline. And so they'll sponsor you with a thing. I think it was $150 to get in. If your car goes down the hill, you get your money back. 
<laughs> so you just can't win. It's supposed to be, you know, your parent and kid and stuff. We just wanted to build cars and go play. None of us have kids, so we rented them, as I call it. We went and found your your kid has to come with a parent or whatever. So there's your manager, and here's your car, and you guys are a team, and you guys go race. If you need something, come back to the pits, and I'll fix your car. But it wasn't, you know, it was supposed to be those guys sort of cheating on building the car and then, you know, getting to be the team. Your kid goes down the hill and you got in a, an extreme, super nice, like a Disneyland theme car. Yeah, yeah, you got to see the pictures. Yeah, wait, throw, yeah. throw those yeah. on uh, the Racers Alley in Facebook. Yeah, I'll, I'll, so, I'll try. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so, oh, sorry. We have a pirate ship. The secretary goes, oh, you don't have a pirate ship. So I built a pirate ship. That's, we're rich pirates. Not, not poor pirates. We're rich pirates. He literally has uh, the three or four boats. Uh, I have two boats and the, the soapbox derby car that are pirate ships. Two boats. Okay. And I thought you had three boats. And are they, do, you, do you dock them all less than waist deep? Uh, I, do, you have I, to I, wait, do you have to wade out to them? Oh, uh, no, so they're really good looking. I I sort of made them like a dolly. They're 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 flat bottom. Most of their lives they're going to be docked on land. Um, so I put wheels on the back so you could pick the the very tip up and walk away with it. Nice. And then you like walk derby you, car. Yeah, so you walk it over into the water. You push it in, and then so I did all my homework on YouTube and stuff and. Anyhow, a guy, buddy that has a real boat goes, eh, you might want to put pontoons on that thing. And I want to say, good thing I did. <laughs> good thing I did. So I made pontoons and stuff. And and so I put a roommate, a third guy, I put it here. Try it. Go around. We're in Lake Merced. And he all but sunk it. He was going to go across the bay. He turns, where is he going? Oh, it's not that tested. He comes back and he's going, I have a problem. I have a problem. And by the time he got to it, it was full of water. I have the the life vest on and I'm on the dock, and he goes, throw me the, throw me the rope, throw me a rope. And it's like you have the rope, and he, well, I didn't get to finish the sentence. The, the rope is tied to the pillow that his head is on. <laughs> so I got a, a safety pillow and a 50 foot rope in case it sinks, because I don't know how deep it is. And so he he freaks out, he jumps out, throttles wide open, it nose dives. He's in like six foot of water or less anyhow he swims over there the the pirate ship is in a nosedive the motor's outside spinning everything's <laughs> floating out there goes the pillow the pillow worked really good and there goes the rope and the the pontoons would not let it sink no way so the pontoons worked and they kind of keep it stable but it's it's like a soapbox derby car it's a one person can't be too big a uh, little boat and and then I got a five speed big trolling motor you put it in fifth and you go and you get out 20 feet or so and you go into slow motion am I moving Is it, if you steer you'll figure out if you're moving it's it's so different. It's so yeah, life in slow motion. Nothing. So, so hitchhiking over to Germany that time to save my mate. I get there and he's like, ah, I'm fine. I just wanted to get you the fuck out of Britain. I was like, 
you're fucking kidding me. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm good. I'm like, so anyway, ended up hitch- hitchhiking all around Europe for like 10 months. That's 1,700 quid back in the day when you sleep in fields and only eat bread and red peppers. Oh, that lasted yeah. a full 10 months, no worries. So the next time I was on a motorbike, just happened to, we'd been all through Italy on Stromboli, climbed the most active volcano in the world at the time, blah, blah, blah. He'd say, he says, let's go to Amsterdam. I'm like, on the way to Sweden. All right, we'll have two days in Amsterdam. Get to Amsterdam, pitch our tents at the campsite closest to the town centre. Well, that two days turned into three weeks without, <laughs> us, even, without us even knowing it. And you're supposed to move your tent every two days, so we should have known that. They were like, move your tent every two days so this lush grass doesn't get uh, messed up. Oh, you got they, so, so after three weeks, I hadn't moved my tent. Somebody gave me a bit of cake. I didn't drink any alcohol at the time for like six years, but someone gave me a bit of cake. Didn't tell me it was space cake. I'm like <laughs> tripping balls for, for, for like days. And then the campground attendant comes over and he tells me basically get off of this get off of this piece of land I'm like okay so I pack up my rucksack same one as an Eddie the Eagle movie actually it was green and purple and one of the dudes was a biker on the campsite he's like it's going to be hard to get out of town hitchhiking back down to the south of Germany he's like I'll give you a ride on my bike he had a the Kawasaki LTD 1000 cool now, yeah, this was 1990 about October November puts me on the back of that through the tunnels Drops me at the nearest uh, rest, rest, rest stop gas station, whatever you call it here. I can't even remember what you call it now that I'm talking about this. I've been here 21 years. <laughs> what do you call it? A, a rest stop. Yeah, right. Yeah, a rest stop. Drops me there. I can stick my thumb out, out of my mind and start hitching again. <laughs> yeah. So that was, my, that, was my, that was my next bike. So I was, still, I was still looking to get a bike. My whole life I've been looking to get one. And you just never quite get to it. Wow. Yeah. Well, now's the season. I mean, I'm a guy that's yeah. always compulsively buying them off Craigslist. And this season from about October to February is when they're cheap. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I'm always looking for deals this time of year because it's, it's very seasonal. People, once it starts to get cold and dark... They need a little cash. They start selling them cheap, and then when it gets warm and nice outside, the value goes up. So yeah. I tell all my friends that say, yeah. "Oh, I'm really looking for a bike." It's like, "Well, tell me what you're looking for, mm-hmm. and I'll put it on my radar," because uh, the stuff's out there, and th- there's just phenomenal yeah. Yeah. deals this time. Almost of year. everything's out there. Yeah. Yeah. Who's who, who's are the three bikes out there? In which order? Mine's the crazy Goldwing with the cow skull on the nice, front of it. I just built awesome. that for Dirtbag Challenge, a build off. <laughs> what's so, what's Dirtbag Challenge? It's a build off where you build a bike in under two months for under two thousand dollars. Oh, uh, and then there's a three day, uh, three hundred mile ride you go on, camp overnight a couple nights, and if you make it to the end. You're in a show, and they have different prizes for different categories of bikes and stuff. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's a, it's a real institution. Um, and I also wanted to give a shout-out to uh, our friend Paulo from Dirtbag Challenge. He's doing a very interesting project in the next coming months with uh, a Filipino cultural organization where they're restoring this kind of strange Filipino vehicle. It's a lot like if you've ever seen the Indian tuk-tuk. I was going to say, of, a tuk-tuk? Kind of like be, a I've, be, I've been in a few of them, actually, in India. This particular one is a Rebel 250 with some kind of tuk-tuk-like sidecar. So they're going to be restoring that, and he's doing a documentary on that. And somehow I got roped into doing all the electrics because mm, the, there you go. everybody saw my wiring skills at Dirt Bank Challenge. Go. Yeah, it's like having a pickup truck. Now yeah, you're so in, now yeah. they're like, can you do I, the electrics for yeah, it? Yeah, I saw like, pictures yeah, of 
of it. Sure. Somebody didn't know how to weld, and they used mostly rebar. Yeah. <laughs> no this kidding. This apparently is all made with rebar. So yeah, uh, yeah. I went, I went to I went to Asia for six and a half months after living in Germany for three and a half, and it's like the next bike I was looking at was it? I think it was a KZ KZ five hundred in Saigon to drive up to Hanoi. Has anyone heard of that bike? I was looking up before I got here. Uh, yeah. yeah, the KZ500. KZ500. Yeah, yeah. uh, the Hellrats. Uh, Jim had one, and I think 8283. It was a kickstart blue one. Yeah, yeah they, were, they were so popular in Vietnam. You, you could you could buy one in Saigon or Hanoi, whichever one. It's, I think it's a 1,700-kilometer, like, 1,000-mile journey. And you just buy one, put your rucksack on, and drive up. The, so, so I was supposed to do that. Uh, but the the American girl I was travelling with at the time we got on a test drove. I was like, "This is brilliant." She's like, "That no effing way are we are we going thousand miles?" And I was like, "Come on!" She's like, "No, we're getting the train." I'm like, "So that was my next time to buy a bike," and I got like. Squashed, shut down. Shut right? down. Well, did she regret her decision on the train, though? Because the no. trains can be rather crowded as no, well. The train was... We, we were actually very fucking lucky that we got the train. I didn't even know what a typhoon was until I got to Da Nang. Sure. <laughs> so, the, so we're... They're like, there's a typhoon coming in. I was like, ah, that sounds cute. A typhoon. <laughs> yeah, what does that I mean? I <laughs> What's that? I, I did. You know, you were, there's no internet at the time, and everyone's like, I was like, a typhoon. Oh, it sounds like a bit of water coming in. So. <laughs> It's actually the same as a hurricane. It's exactly the same as a hurricane. No it's shit. just a different. It's more water. It's just, it's it's just wind. The, it's just the Asian name for a for a hurricane. It's gotcha. <laughs> so the train. So the the swell. We're going up the. We're going up the on the train, and suddenly we're just. We're only on water, and the train's built up about three feet up, and we're just on water. And I'm like, how come we're going across the. Freaking ocean here, right? <laughs> and, and everyone's panicking, and I'm just going, "Oh, this is awesome!" Like, this windy, yeah. walking on water. Everyone's, everyone's like, the windows are open. Like, it's like real old rickety train, and I'm just going, "This is freaking great." There's little little <laughs> islands all over the place. The There's people in houses battening down the hatches. I'm like, "Wow, well, it, must well, be, well. it must be. It must be getting a bit stormy out there." <laughs> so, so we get to Darang, and. The, condu- the 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 train stops and they're like fucking everyone's rushing off and I'm just I'm just standing there and my girlfriend and I are just going yeah what the fuck's happening and somebody comes up they're like get off the train and we're like I'm like why and they're like typhoon typhoon I'm like oh, yeah it must be really big typhoon whatever that means still still didn't even know so the this person escorts us into a breeze block building with no windows and there's this old gentleman there I have a picture of me and him and he, look, and he looks like Ho Chi Minh he's, the guy's about 90 and he's just cowered down behind this breeze block open window and he just motions for us to come like sit beside him so we do like this hurricane was 14 hours, right? We sat in that breeze block. There's fucking Dorothy was flying past the window. The, Holy the, moly. The, the okay. houses were flying by the window. Everything. Nothing actually came into this opening. That was only, it was only like, uh, it was like three foot by three foot. No window in or anything. Totally bare breeze block structure. And we just sat it out for 14 hours. I was like, Oh, that was a typhoon. All right. So, <laughs> I don't want to come by so, those again. <laughs> so, so we come out. We come out in the morning the next day, and it's just devastation. <laughs> There's fucking 
coconuts and palm trees and <laughs> fucking tables. And, everything's just and like, Everything's just destroyed. I'm like that. Holy moly. Whoa, that's fucking insane. That's a typhoon. That was that, that's a typhoon. But then the the, the next train is is. So um, that train left somehow. I don't know where it fucking went because we had to wait another <laughs> another <laughs> ten hours for the next one. I was like, where the fuck did the train go that I just got off? <laughs> but it must have got everyone off and just pissed off and gone like, I'm getting out of here. Got in a mountain tunnel or something, you know? Yeah, it, it, it went somewhere. Yeah. So we, we were stuck there for a good-ass long time. And But after the storm, so fucking calm. It was beautiful. Just in all the rubble and everything around us, all the thatch lying about, we just write the table up, put, put a chair down, and this this person just came out of a of somewhere and brought us a little cup of coffee, <laughs> a cup of Vietnamese coffee. Oh, no, awesome. no food or anything. Just yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, it wasn't a cafe. They were like they just very graciously gave us. I was like, fuck it, Vietnamese coffee is the best. Condensed milk with a drip yeah. thing on the top, <laughs> dripping down. Had one of them. Yeah. Well, they were just Good. trying to yeah. let's get back to normal. And, so I was, you know. yeah, everything was just back to normal. I was, so I was very fucking lucky I was not on that KZ, KZ 500 because I wouldn't have had a fucking clue. I was like, i just getting a bit windy. <laughs> was the last with you when you guys all hunkered down for 14 yeah. hours? Yep, totally. Oh, holy moly. Yeah. Now, when you mentioned that earlier, was there a was there a, a roof structure or were you there was a, There was a roof. Okay, yeah, yeah, there was a roof. I don't even remember looking up. I have a, I have a slide of it. It's a beautiful <laughs> slide. Um, it was like a bunker. Picture. Uh, you it guys hunker down. No, it wasn't a bug. The window was open. I swear it was like just open, and we never got sucked in, sucked out, and nothing came in because <laughs> it must have been just going like that and just flying. I remember just looking at he's, the guy just kept pushing us down, going, "Don't fucking look up." <laughs> I got my, yeah. my head chopped off. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So, uh, I've been lucky so far on not buying bikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, crazy storms. Uh-huh. Yeah, so let's uh, let's see, let's uh, let's get some music on for a second. Seven oh, o'clock. Can we, can we have business dicks metal surf? Right. Since we're talking about surf and uh, typhoons, <laughs> can you get that on there? Uh, I didn't bring it. Oh, is, <laughs> well, it's we'll on work internet. on it. It's on the internet. <laughs> oh. Well, we do it. No, we do vinyl here. Oh, vinyl. really? Sorry, bro. Oh, all vinyl man. all the we're time. We're just about to do our vinyl. No iPods Bang. and iPads here. We're pure. That, we are. It's funny. We're just about to release our album in the next couple of months. That's something Good. new. Gotta we'll bring have it, to bring work it on. in. We'll talk about that in the next in the next part about your album. We are. We never had a request like that before. <laughs> right? And we found a pianist too, but that's a different thing. Uh, one of I our found one this morning. Shane is a. We are. Uh, Shane over at Benders is a as a classical uh, pianist. You were there. telling me that's an amazing story about yeah him. about how he went out. Yeah, yeah. we'll talk about that in our uh, segment soon. Uh, Milk crate, what do we got going on? Uh, we've got local band from Oakland, the Phenomenats. Phenomenats, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> 